What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The Jumbo Package NFL podcast is broadcast exclusively on Hardwood and Hollywood. And our presenting sponsor is Batavia's Original Pizzeria. Paulie and I named this podcast the Jumbo Package because we're both huge football fans, but also because we're both big dudes who love to eat. And since both of us grew up in western New York, that means we've enjoyed food from Batavia's Original Pizzeria countless times. Paulie, I think it's fair to say that you are a Batavia's Original connoisseur. What would what would you recommend to anyone going to Batavia's Original for the first time? I mean, if you're going to Batavia's Original for the first time and you don't get the large special with the with the large pizza and the double order wings, you're just totally missing out. Because you will not be disappointed. And I would also add on the, the, the hodgepodge, also mm. a delicious, a delicious starter. <laughs> so definitely I, going for the first time, you've got to get the large special. I second that. The pizza and wings are incredible. Amazing Italian food, subs, you name it. Uh, parties of all sizes can be accommodated, and let me tell you, you will not be disappointed. If you are a Western New Yorker or if you're just driving through Western New York, you aren't eating right if you aren't eating at Batavia's Original, the official sponsor of the Jumbo Package NFL podcast. Welcome to the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast. I'm Sonny Giuliano. I'm joined, as always, by Paul Clark. We pushed the pod back one night this week. So, Paulie, how are we doing on this fine Wednesday evening? We're doing all right. How are you tonight? I'm good. I'm doing good. I, I actually feel like this extra day could prove to be beneficial for the picks because last week... Um, we we both had a rough go of it. It was not a good showing, but in our defense, um, it wasn't exactly the week we all expected. No, the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns break a nearly two year winless streak. The Minnesota Vikings get blown out at home by the 0-2 Buffalo Bills. The Packers lose by double digits as a three point favorite. The Miami Dolphins go to three zero. The Patriots lose by double digits. The Jags get held to six points and lose by three at home, even though they're six-and-a-half-point favorites. It was definitely the wackiest week of the season, um, and we both paid for it. We were both six-and-ten last week. It was not a good showing. We uh, we like to call last week the, the bookie's paradise week. All, yes. the, all the big All the big spreads, all the big spreads lost. And not only lost it, I mean, it, like all the – the biggest underdogs not only covered, they won outright. Yeah. Like, Buffalo, that game was over in the first quarter. It really was. 
And, and you could, I mean, really, you could say the same about Washington Green Bay because Washington, yeah. they jumped on on Green Bay pretty quick too. Um, and once again, <laughs> for the second consecutive week with our sponsored Batavia's <laughs> Original Lock of the Week segment, we both go uh, winless in our locks of the week. I, I don't know what we have to do. I think if we, I think if we're both losers this week with the lock of the week, we might have to just go to straight up picks because we can't just continue to to lose every lock of the week and and have Batavia's original continue to be our sponsor. I, I just don't think that's how it works. Um, I don't know. We've never had a sponsor before, so hopefully they'll they'll hang with us. Um. An interesting Who's streak last week, New England? Yeah, New England. Six and a half point favorite in Detroit. I, I just thought bouncing back from a loss to Jacksonville, Belichick going up against one of his, his former assistants, that's usually a, a gimme. And I don't know if you Detroit, know this or not. Matt Patricia wore his hat right ways this week. It swung the whole thing. I knew I knew I was doomed as soon as I, I saw him wearing his hat the right way. Not that I don't support the backwards hat. I, I often wear my hat backwards, but like you're also not a head football coach. In the yeah, like I I mean I'm a PE teacher, and I know not to wear my hat backwards during the day when I'm at PE. <laughs> so um, glad I'm glad Matt Patricia got that memo. <laughs> uh, week four, pretty interesting slate of games. We'll we'll get to that, but first we have to take care of some business. The weekly worst award for the worst quarterback of the week. I actually have five candidates this week. The, no one was so abysmal that they stood out in a way that Nathan Peterman did week one. Um. But I think there are five guys that you can make a case for. Uh, I'll run through their resume briefly, and then I want to hear what you have to say. Um, Sam Darnold on Thursday night, 15 for 31, 169 yards, two interceptions, and outplayed by Baker Mayfield. Sam Bradford, uh Benched for Josh Rosen with four minutes to play in the fourth quarter. I don't think I've ever seen that a quarterback. I've never, never seen that in my life. Your team basically saying like, "Not nah, one drive, not not you. You're not our guy." No. And this would be back to back weeks that Bradford would win if if we named him the winner. Um, Case Keenum, twenty two for thirty four, one hundred ninety two yards, one interception. There were probably worse singular performances last week, but this has kind of been a build-up. The Broncos were 2-0 and going into last week, and Keenum hadn't been particularly good. And, again, he wasn't good last week. Um, Kirk Cousins, four turnovers, a 10 QBR, 10 on the dot. And the Vikings were held to six points at home against Buffalo. And, finally, Dak Prescott. 19 for 34, 168 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, oh. 14. Wow, Kobe Bean. <laughs> I, I think Kobe Bean has spoken. I think yeah. Kobe's vote is for Dak Prescott. <laughs> he likes the Dak Prescott one. 
Where where do you stand? Are you with your dog, or are you going a different direction? <laughs> um, I, I that's a good one. But my my vote would be for Kirk Cousins. I mean, just seventeen point favorite. Never. I mean, the Vikings never passed midfield till halfway through the fourth quarter. I mean, that's just embarrassing. I mean, that's just a, I mean, that's just an embarrassing outing at home against an zero and two team that's looked like the worst team in the league. Uh. Just not a good showing at all for Minnesota last week. It wasn't at all. Um, and when we get into the slate of games, we'll talk about whether there's real reason for concern there. I will I will back your cousin's pick. I think that's fine. He, he played awful after playing really well um, at Green Bay the week before. With, it just confusing. And it, we do this every year at some point. We talk about how just – how ridiculous the NFL is and how unpredictable it is. And uh, Cousins, the last two weeks, is a really good example of that because he played a really good game against Green Bay and then just was a dud against Buffalo. So, Kirk Cousins, congratulations, and thank you for dropping that game against Buffalo and helping to put my Chicago Bears solely in first place in the NFC North. Uh, Boy, your Bears would have just a – Sleeper hold out in that division right now if they win the blue opening night. I'm still not ready to talk about it, I don't think. Okay. I apologize. <laughs> I understand. It's, uh, the, the wound is too fresh. Okay. I I understand. Definitely. Um, but Kirk Cousins, the week three weekly worst award winner. Congratulations. Kirk, congratulations, buddy. Proud of you. All right. Week four games, we'll stick with the Vikings. The the one one and one Minnesota Vikings visiting the three and O Los Angeles Rams, who are favored by six and a half points. That Rams offense, man, it, it is methodical and perfectly called, and they are so talented, it's ridiculous. It's it's safe to say the Rams have looked. The part to start the season. Yeah, they've been nothing short of of brilliant. I mean, just, I mean, they they did suffer some injuries in their secondary last week. You know, they'll be without Khalid and without Marcus Peters. You know, for. Well, actually, I, I, th- I saw that Peters might play tomorrow night. Well, I'd be very surprised if he plays on four days rest. Khalid's out, they said, for a while. Yeah, um, but that pass rush um, and that offense, like you said, Jared Jared Goff looks. I mean, he's just on on point. He's comfortable. Um, Gurley is the best running back in the NFL. I don't think it's close. And uh, you know they got a good quarter receivers with Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cuff, and Robert Woods. There, they're they're tough. There, it's going to take somebody's best game to beat them and. Tomorrow night, I don't think I, – I think I think coming off a bad loss at home and having to go to Hollywood to play the Rams is not the right recipe for Minnesota, especially when your best defensive players getting evaluated for trying to kill somebody the other night. So um, I love the Rams in this game. I, I don't think it will be particularly close. So I'm taking the Vikings. Um not because I, I – this is very much admittedly a reverse jinx attempt. 
100%. I'm not even going to lie. Um, I think the Rams are significantly better than the Vikings. Um, I think the Rams are probably significantly better than the vast majority of the teams in the NFL. Uh, I, I just... I mean, you, you kind of laid it all out for the Rams. For the Vikings on that end, I mean, has, has you seen a a favorite that big just lay a dud like that? I mean, if you look at what the the history of favorites as big says, like it, 24 straight teams favored by 17-plus points have won the game. And they – the Vikings were just out of it at home from the end of the first quarter. Like, the game was over then. Um, think about this. How much money do you think people would have lost if Minnesota was getting 17 points in that game? Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I know. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. Think about um, that if the line came out Buffalo minus 17. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not a gambler. I would have been inclined to find a way to put some money on that. I mean, people would have been losing houses. Right. I, I just, you know, 24 straight when a team is favored by 17. Last time was 95 that a team favored by 17 has lost outright. Um and I, I've been trying to figure out if it's just one of those weird games um, that in two months we're going to look back on and be like, wow, that was that was weird. And Minnesota is 8-3 and three and 1 at that time. Or if it's something that really indicates that there might be a problem, I dug a little deeper. And it's a very small sample size, only three weeks, but the Vikings offense has only scored on 21% of their drives this year. That's 31st in the the league. Only Arizona has been worse. Um, That's a problem. And a lot of that, a lot of that is from that Buffalo game when they just, they couldn't move the ball at all. Um, But that, that indicates larger problems than, than one week to me. With that said, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking them to, to cover against the Rams just because Best case scenario, I win both ways. I think uh, a glaring weakness was shown on Minnesota the other day, and it was their offensive line. I mean, yeah. they just Buffalo, Buffalo got all kinds of pressure. Ball. Yeah, and if you can't block Buffalo, I mean, you're looking at Eric Donald and Dominican Sue and Michael Brockers. Huh? <laughs> I mean, it, it could be a rough going for Minnesota. It, it really could. On short, on short rest, besides that right, just, right. Um, one stat that I love for for the Rams before we move on: only 6.9 percent of their drives have ended in a three and out this year. Care to guess what Kansas City, what their per- three and out percentage is so far this year? Zero. No, 25 percent. Wow. They're second in the league. Holy cow. The Rams are 18% better than the team second in the league, the team that's leading the NFL in scoring. Wow. I thought you were going to tell me they haven't gone three and out yet. Nope. Nope. 
just to, to put in perspective how good this Rams offense is. Very good. They are very good. All right, moving on to Sunday. The 2-1 and one Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting the 2-1 and one Chicago Bears. The Bears are favored by three. I got to say, I'm, I'm starting to, to get really worried about this Bears offense. It's like deja vu of the Grossman era and the, the Kyle Orton era and the Jim Miller era. It's like only the offense looks prettier with all the motion and the misdirection, but it's the same thing. Um, I think they need to run the ball more. I like their yes. running game. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure why they're throwing so much. I, I like I, – if I was them, I'd be more of a running attack with work off the play action. I think I think that would help Trubisky a lot more. Um, their defense is really good. Um, obviously, they could rush the passer with the best of them. Uh, they create a lot of turnovers. And Ryan Fitzpatrick – Turned into Ryan Fitzpatrick last week. He kind of, you know, he made a lot of errant throws. I mean, he threw, I think, three picks, one for a touchdown. Probably yeah. could have thrown two or three more that Pittsburgh dropped. Um, on the road, I really like the Bears in this game. Um, Tampa's, you know, the short week, then traveling is tough. So I'm going to take the Bears at home. I actually did too, and I don't. I don't quite know why I'm taking Minnesota in a situation where I could win both ways, but I'm not with the Bears. I, I just, I kind of, I, I think their defense is the best in the league. They're the best that I've seen so far this year. Uh, outside of that first drive of the game against Arizona, their defense was stifling, and as it should be against the Cardinals, but. I just think they take care of business, and I think that they are plenty capable of forcing Fitzpatrick and the Bucks into into some mistakes. And I think playing at home, maybe they maybe they find some rhythm offensively, run the ball a little bit more. I'm hopeful. Um, so I, I took Chicago too, but I. It's like that. I'm getting that that same feeling I got just eleven years ago. Game. They just need to stick with the running game. They do, but it's like like and it's, and it's he still, does and Matt Nagy one. Matt Nagy does try to get too cute sometimes. He right? really does. Like I mean, I, you I don't need the sprint the sprint motion fake reverse, double reverse at the five-yard line. Like, yeah, just line up like and I, run power and, and run blast left, and let's see what we can get. Right, right. I, I I enjoy all of the window dressing, and I like that there's some creativity to it. And in the right spots, I think it's useful. Um, I don't want to sound like I'm ungrateful. This is such an upgrade over John Fox and over Mark Tressman. Oh, absolutely. I understand um, what you're saying. I, 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 I totally understand what you're saying. I just hope that there comes a point this year where it comes together a little bit more than it has so far. Uh-huh. We'll see. I hear you. Next up, I like this game. The 2-1 and one Cincinnati Bengals visiting the 1-2 and two Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home. I think this looks to be one of the more exciting games of the day. 
as far as offense-wise. Um, Atlanta, they're, they're just getting decimated by injuries on their defense. I mean, I, I, I just don't see how they're going to be able to stop Cincinnati's passing attack. I mean, they got linebackers down, defensive linemen down. Both their starting safeties are down. Um, I think Cincinnati's off. I think Andy Dalton's been fairly good. I mean, they put up 21 points on the road last week against a much better Carolina defense, I think. I think, uh, I think they go on the road and, you know, I think they definitely keep it close. So I, I went with Cincinnati on the road. Yeah, this one, I was conflicted about this one because I agree with everything you said in terms of the Bengals' offense and what they will likely be able to do against a really banged-up Atlanta defense. Um, With all that said, this is a massive borderline must-win game for Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, And they, they had Super Bowl hopes going into the year. And I just think at home... I like the rhythm that their offense has found since week one. I like how they looked in week two and week three, spreading the ball around a little bit more, getting Calvin Ridley involved. Calvin Um, Ridley's been great. He was fantastic last week, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I just think that they – I like that rhythm that they found. I think they keep it up against Cincinnati. Um, I think it it could very well be a back-and-forth game. It could be – one that goes down right to the wire, but I think Atlanta ekes out a win by six or more. Um, and we don't know what A.J. Green's status is. He he left the game last week with a groin injury against Carolina. Um, he's expected to play, but if for some reason he's not 100% or he has to leave that, that game, will not, yeah, that will now all of a sudden the Bengals are, are down A.J. Green, Joe Mixon, and yeah, that kind of levels the playing field for Atlanta. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it does. Um, look for a big game from Gio Bernard, though. That'd be my little bit of, of daily fantasy advice. Alvin Kamara and, and – uh, McCaffrey, they, they both have had big days catching the ball against Atlanta since Deion Jones got hurt week one. So I mean, Kamara had Bernard, what, 15 catches. Yeah, and I think I think McCaffrey, McCaffrey was definitely over 10. I, I kind of want to say McCaffrey had 12 catches against them in week uh, <laughs> two. So something to keep an eye on. Next up. The one and two Detroit Lions visiting the one and two Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are favored by three here. I I don't know what to make of it because it's one game and it's Sunday night and who knows what the Patriots are and you never know what to expect from them in September. But I liked what I saw out of the Lions last week. They ran the ball really well against New England. Um and they managed to break a 70-game streak of not having a 100-yard rusher. Yeah, Kerry and Jonathan looked really good running the ball. Um, you know, my biggest concern for Dallas is that their offense is hor- horrible. It is. I mean, they, they. I mean, other than Ezekiel Elliott, they have no playmakers at all. I think teams are just stacking the line. They're daring Dak Prescott to throw the ball. He won't throw it. They can't complete a pass further than a yard down the field. Um 
you know, maybe all the people that said Dak Prescott was better than Tony Romo are kind of rethinking about what they were saying a few years back. Well, let me lay this on you. So the Cardinals are the only team in the league with fewer points and a worse third-down conversion rate than the Cowboys. Yet, the Cowboys are seventh in the league in rush yards per game and first in yards per attempt per rush. So tell me how this isn't how yeah, tell me how this isn't a Dak Prescott problem. Right. Like it, it, it's right there. It's right there. You you if you don't want to watch the games, you just look at the numbers and you see what the problem is or if you watch the games, you see exactly what you said they can't complete a pass more than 8 yards down the field. So I I really like the Lions in this one. I think that maybe they found something with Controlling the tempo, controlling the clock, they they dominated time of possession against New England. It was 39 minutes to 21 minutes in advantage for, for Detroit. I think they find something with that, and I think they put pressure on Dak, and they stack the box just like every other team has been doing, and force Dak to beat him, and I don't think he could do it. Yeah, I feel, I feel the same way. I think... I think Detroit will run the ball, you know, throw in a little play action. Uh, Dallas, I, I tell you, Tony Romo would have gave anything for this Dallas defense, you know, back when he played. Because their biggest problem was they could never stop anybody, you know. Right. And now, and now, now they got now they got defenders and. But well, well, Sean, Sean, Sean Lee's out, a little hurt. Yeah, Sean Lee's out, and that really that really hurts the Dallas defense. That's killer. He's a tackling machine. And uh, I think Detroit wins outright as well. Yep. All right. The one and two Buffalo Bills visiting the one, one and one Green Bay Packers. The Packers are favored by 10. I had no idea what to expect this line to be. Yeah. Um, Just given what Buffalo did on the road last week against Minnesota and then what Green Bay did against Washington. That, that was uninspiring. Um, but I, I took I took the Packers here. Uh, as as fun as that Bills win was, I I still don't think this is something we should buy into. Josh Allen had a touchdown pass to a guy named Jason Kroom. I legitimately had never heard of him. No, I. I, um, I I didn't even know that until you just said it. <laughs> it's astonishing how little talent the Bills have on offense. Um, and with that said, Allen looked much better than I would expect he would have looked against the Vikings defense. Yeah, yeah. He moved well. He made a couple of nice plays with his feet. Um, it looks I, like they will have McCoy back this week, but true. Chris Ivory played a great game the other day. I just can't see Green Bay having the offensive struggles that Minnesota had. No, and that's all. that's ultimately why I went with the Packers here. Yeah, I think I think Buffalo will probably will keep it close, but it'll be too much Aaron Rodgers in the end. Agreed. All right, next up, this is an interesting one: the two and one Philadelphia Eagles visiting the two and one Tennessee Titans. The Eagles, a four-point road favorite. Um, what, do, what do we make of Carson Wentz in his return? 
I mean, I it's good to have it's good to have him back. Yeah, it's good to have him back. I mean, let, let's face it though. I mean, we talked about it last week. Philly's injuries are killing them. I mean, they yeah. You know, Elshon Jeffrey was clear today for contact, but I mean, obviously he probably won't be ready for this week. But you know, they just their playmakers are all hurt. I mean, they, it's tough. Their offense is not looking great right now, but their defense is still good. And uh, I think they win a I think they win a slugfest with the Titans. I mean, it'll you know it'll be not you won't see a ton of points in this one. Now the the over under is forty one. I would say about the under. Yeah. Um, 30 of Wentz's 37 pass attempts were to either tight ends or running backs last week. I mean, what's that tell you right there? That That's pretty crazy. I, I can't imagine there has been a game where a percentage has been that high um, for tight ends and running backs catching balls or having balls thrown to them. Uh, the Eagles defense won that game last yeah. week. Yep. Um. Wentz looked good on the first drive, and, and then he threw a really bad interception, staring down his tight end to set up the Colts in the red zone in the third quarter. The, they held him to a field goal. Then he was strip-sacked in the red zone it, to set the Colts up in the red zone. Um, the, def- the Eagles defense held him to another field goal. And then at the end of the game, as the Colts were driving – potentially to score a touchdown to, to take the lead, win the game, they hold them, again, um, turnover on down. So that that was very much a game that the Eagles' defense won for them. Um, and I, I kind of think it probably resembles this game this week, too. I yeah. think that I think that this is a another 20-13 to 13 kind of game. Yeah, that that Tennessee is in at the end, and we're kind of like, man, I can't believe they have a chance maybe to steal this one, but then the Eagles' defense um, gets it done for them. Yes. All right. Probably the the most important, maybe not the best, but the the most interesting early game of Sunday. The three and O Miami Dolphins visiting the 1-2 and two New England Patriots. The Patriots are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Seems like we do this every September for, like, the last four years. But are the, do you think the Patriots are in trouble? No, I mean, you got to remember, they'll be getting Julian Edelman back here pretty quick. Um, they'll be – I wouldn't be surprised if you see Josh Gordon this week. I mean, they're 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 gonna be getting some weapons here pretty soon, and uh, I mean, right now they're playing with basically Gronk, right? So, I mean, but I'm not gonna say the Patriots are in trouble till I actually see that they're not in the playoffs because. Well, I think if I, I think if Miami goes into New England and and <laughs> wins outright. And they then have a three-game lead at the end of September. I think. I think then it might be time to say they might be in a little bit of trouble. I mean, that's what people said a couple of years ago when they went into Kansas City and got killed. But they bounced back right after that game. What I'm saying yeah, is, if Miami, a team in their division, can go into New England and win, go go to four and zero, and drop New England to one and three, 
then it's officially time to start talking. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you, you kind of laid it out. They they have two guys that they could add soon to the passing game that theoretically should help things in a major way, and they need I mean, it. Josh, Josh Gordon will be uh, something that Tom Brady hasn't had since Randy Moss. So, I mean, this Patriots offense in two in like three weeks is going to look totally different than it did last week. Yeah. Especially because now you're getting Sony Michelle worked in, and he's an electrifying player. So, in like three or four weeks, you're going to see New England clicking on all cylinders. Well, I, I, I got to say, I actually took Miami in this game. I don't necessarily think they, they went out right, but I have liked some stuff that I've seen from them. Um, I think some of the play calling has been really good. It seems like they could run the ball somewhat effectively. Defensively, they're pretty good. Um, and we do this every week. We, I, I do it. I talk about it. The Tannehill Gaze Watch. They now officially have a full season together. Um, they're 11 and 5. Tannehill has 3,682 yards, 26 touch, touchdowns, 14 interceptions. 68% completion percentage and 98 passer rating. Four fourth quarter comebacks. Pretty good. Yeah, well, pretty good. At this point, at this point, if we're looking at it as a full season, we know what they are. It's not a great combo. Tannehill isn't a great quarterback, but he is above serviceable. He's above yeah. game manager, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I think this game is close. I think New England finds a way to win. Um, but I, I think Miami hangs in there with them for a little bit. You have New England. I have New England. Yes. All right. Next up, the 1-2 and two New York Jets visiting the 2-1 and one Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags are favored by seven. Um that Jags performance against Tennessee was exactly why I was afraid to make Jacksonville my lock of the week last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a bad spot for Sam Darnold. I'm just going to say it right now. Um, it really is. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, you're going to get some serious pressure by a angry Jags defense. Um, I-, I think the Jets are in a lot of trouble in this one. I do, too. This was actually my runner-up for... Tavia's original lock of the week. I like Jacksonville. And on that note, it's time to go over our Batavia's original lock of the week. Brought to you by Batavia's original, the best pizza place in western New York. And I tell people all the time when they ask me, what food do you miss from home? And I tell them, my hometown, my home county, my home region, whatever you want to call it, we have the best pizza in the world. And if Batavia's Original is the best pizza place in all of Western New York, then that, by default, makes Batavia's Original the best pizza place in the world. So, couldn't be happier to have them as our sponsor for the Lock of the Week. Um, my Batavia's Original Lock of the Week, the Indianapolis Colts, favored by one and a half points over the Houston Texans. Uh, the Colts theoretically could be 3-0. 
they're driving to take the lead late in their opening game against Cincinnati and, and ended up turning the ball over. They defeated Washington with ease in week two. They're driving to take the lead late against Philadelphia last week. Um, I, I just think the Colts are going to end up being a team that, that handles their business, beats the teams that they should beat. And the Texans are a team that they should beat. Uh, this offense isn't close to what they were last year when Deshaun Watson was starting and healthy. They averaged 35 points per game with Watson last year, just under 20 points per game through three weeks this year. So I was very surprised that the Colts were only a point-and-a-half favorite, so I took Indy. I've been very disappointed with the Texans so far this year as well. Um, just I, I thought they were uh, – Major contender for the Super Bowl if they stayed healthy. But like you said, that offense, that offense just ain't not good. And uh, I, I like Indy in that game as well. They weren't my Batavia's original lock of the week for that. I went with the San Diego, or heck, called them San Diego again. Yes, again. The streak continues. You know what we should do? We should just call it the Batavia's original. Polly messes up the where the Chargers play. <laughs> I went with the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, they got the 49ers this week who, you know, they lost Jimmy Garoppolo with a torn ACL last week. Last week, um, last year, C.J. Beathard was just not not great. He's going to be starting. I think the Chargers win this one very easily. C.J. Beathard was probably saved by Nathan Peterman last year. <laughs> That's how bad C.J. Beathard was. Yeah. Um, I am with you. I like the Chargers in that one, too. Anyway, that is the Batavia's original lock of the week where we are trying to get better. Trying so hard. <laughs> we'll get there. We're going to try to win one this week. Yeah, just uh, if we could split, that would be ideal. <laughs> All right. Speaking of trying to win one. The team that finally won one after two years, that won one and won Cincinnati, not the Cincinnati Bengals. I do this every week. <laughs> I do this every week. I have Cleveland Browns written in my notes. Like, clearly. It's not even written. It's typed. Like, the sign. And I say the Cincinnati Bengals. I see the C and the B, and, like, I don't know what the issue is. But the Cleveland Browns are one, one, and one. They're visiting your Oakland Raiders, who are searching for their first win. The Raiders are a two-and-a-half point favorite. I, I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings, but I went with Cleveland here. I don't say two. I mean, I, I, just, I don't know what's going on with the Raiders here in the second half, but they've been winning every week at halftime, including week one against the best team in the league. I mean, they've scored on their opening drive every week. Um, they're they're just turning the ball over too much in the second half. They haven't scored one fourth quarter point. I think I think this week they kind of turn it around. I think this game's close. I think it's I think it's going to end up being one of the more entertaining games of the day. I Definitely I like good. I I I like this game. Um, I think it'll be close, but I think the Raiders get their first win. Well, both of these games have played in one of the most entertaining games of the week. It seemed like each week. I mean. Except for the Raiders Monday night game that ended up kind of turning into a blowout against the Rams, but their last two games have been right down to the wire. 
Uh-huh. And really, that Cleveland, game was close till four minutes left. Right, the right. Turned the ball over a couple times. I mean, but that that literally those last two ones for the Raiders <laughs> literally came down to like the last possession or two. Yeah. Um. And the, and the same thing for Cleveland. That has literally been last possession every game. Um. Yep. So the Browns finally turned to Baker Mayfield, and maybe only because of Tyrod Taylor's injury. Um, Mayfield was great, but let's let's just not forget, he fumbled on his very first drive, and the Browns recovered and eventually got a field goal. But if the Jets recover that and maybe go down and add to their 14-0 lead, perhaps this goes a different way. Um. With that said, again, Mayfield was fantastic. It definitely looks like he's the upgrade they needed at quarterback. Um, and he was he was good enough where I think now we really do have to start thinking, can the Browns make the playoffs? Because their defense is – Their defense is one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, they, they were excellent yet again on Thursday night. They're the kind of defense that will keep their offense in games if they, if they just can't move the ball. That has been the case um, – Week one against Pittsburgh, where it was twenty-one to seven, and then they forced a bunch of turnovers that that helped Cleveland get back in the game. It was the case week two when they held New Orleans to three points through three quarters, and then again last week. Yeah, that was. I really like this Cleveland defense. I really do. Yeah, yeah, and there are there are spots open in the AFC. Yep. So, I uh, I took the Browns here. I don't mean to offend you. No, um, not at all. No, no offense taken. Thank you. I'm glad. <laughs> all right. Next up, we could fly through this one. The one and two Seattle Seahawks visiting the zero and three Arizona Cardinals. Seahawks are three point road favorites. Um, I'm taking the Seahawks. Yeah, it, it, it was an old-school kind of win for Seattle last week that I liked. They ran the ball a bunch. They played really good defense. Um, and the cards are just really, really bad. Not a lot of talent. The coaching is really horrendous. They had a third and three coming out of the two-minute warning last week, down by two points. And they they not only handed the ball off on a very straightforward handoff with the Bears um, – Stacking the box, anticipating the run, they handed it off to their backup running back, Chase Edmonds. Yeah, what I mean, the hell? You don't is have that? David, you don't have David Johnson, so. I mean, my goodness. So I'm with you, Seahawks. I, I don't need to see any bit of that game. No. I'll pass. Um, this one, this next one, could be pretty entertaining. Possible for a lot of points. The two and one New Orleans Saints visiting the one and two New York Giants. The Saints are favored by three on the road. Uh, I'm very excited for the Kamara and Thomas versus Barkley and Beckham matchup. Yeah, I mean that, that's a lot of talent on the field offensively. The, the Saints offense in the second half of that Falcons game last week, you just knew they were scoring every time they got the ball. Yeah, I mean Michael Michael Thomas is just a stud. Kamara is a stud. Um, you know, I like you said Beckham and 
Beckham and Barkley against that Saints defense, who was nothing to write home about last week because Atlanta was just marching up and down the field as well. Um, this game, this game could get exciting too. Um, I just went with the Saints. I just think they're better. Same. It, it worries me a little bit, um, but I, I I like New Orleans. They they were one of the teams I considered early in the year to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I, I think they they will probably be in a lot of games this year where it, it comes down to the last possession and and Drew Brees and these playmakers making a play to win the game. Um, Michael Thomas set the NFL record for most receptions through three games last week. Uh, Breeze broke Brett Favre's NFL career record for completions. He was about 800 yards shy of breaking Manning's record for passing yards. Um, There's a lot of hype for Patrick Mahomes for MVP early on, but you could really make a strong case for Drew Brees as the the way-too-early MVP frontrunner. He has been fantastic. Yeah. Yes, he has. And I got to say, I like that they go to to Taysom Hill on a few of these design runs. I like that they are willing to use a guy like that. I think that is the sign of a good play caller. I I like that. Do you think any teams ever use their backup quarterback as their kick returner? I, because that guy is their kick returner. He yeah, returns the loss. Yeah, I can't. I really like the Falcons should have done it. Peak Michael Vick. Yeah. Um. And maybe like, I, I'm kind of surprised that Baltimore hasn't figured out a little more for for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Um. I, I I like what Taysom Hill brings to the table, though. He looked good on a few of those design runs, and I think they could get creative. I I just really like watching the Saints' offense. It's they're they're really solid. There's some great offenses in the league this year. Yes, there are. Yes, there are. All right, Sunday night football. The two and one Baltimore Ravens visiting the one one and one Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are a three-point favorite. Oh, man. What do we make of Baltimore? Uh, I, I really like Pittsburgh in this game at home. Um, if you look at Baltimore, I think Baltimore's a different team at home than they are on the road. Yeah. I think this game will be close, but in the end, I, I, think, I think Pittsburgh wins a high-scoring game. I don't think... If you've watched Pittsburgh this year, they don't look too enthused about stopping too many people. No. So, but their offense is good. And uh, I think Ben with Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster and James Washington will – how about <laughs> – let's not forget the play Vance McDonald made on, the, on Monday uh, night. I mean, he just ruined Chris Conti's whole life. Well, Chris Conti's whole life has been ruined a number of times, and as a Bears fan, I, I could I could tell you that that uh, that's not the first time that that Chris Conti has had the the defensive back equivalent of being put on a poster. <laughs> I mean, he just took his hand and said, "Excuse me," and like the best was Tam Hayward's expression on the sideline. Oh yeah, I don't know if you saw it, but I did, I did. Um, but. Uh, 
I, I definitely I like Pittsburgh at home. Um, I think it's close, but I think Pittsburgh wins in the end. I also took Pittsburgh. I don't feel great about it. Um, I I, I saw two stats over the weekend that make me feel like Baltimore could could steal this game in Pittsburgh. One, the Steelers have 37 penalties through three weeks. That's nine more than the next closest team in the league. So they could find ways to beat themselves. And the second one, the Ravens are the only team in the NFL with a perfect red zone scoring percentage. And they're also the first team in NFL history to score 12 touchdowns on their first 12 red zone trips of the year. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And, and you don't, you wouldn't expect it from the, the Baltimore Ravens um, with with Joe Flacco and their uh, receiving quarters led by Michael Crabtree and Willie Sneed and no-name running backs. But, I mean, that's the case. And, and those two stats make it feel like this game could end up being one that Baltimore steals in Pittsburgh. Yeah. We, we've seen yeah. we've seen the Steelers blow games that they're yep. supposed to win at home. Absolutely. All right, Monday Night Football. The three and O Kansas City Chiefs visiting the two and one Denver Broncos. The Chiefs are favored by five and a half. Um. I mean, we we could continue to rave about Patrick Mahomes every week and these these playmakers for Kansas City. It's like they find Patrick Mahomes is a cannon. Oh, oh my God! This guy's got a cannon. The the amount of hype that he's getting and it's well deserved. It almost reminded me of like what it was like with Steph that first year that the Warriors won the title. Yeah. Where everyone was like, wow, this guy is just like, right. The, the, his skill set is just through the roof. And it yeah. kind of feels like that's what's happening with Mahomes now, where everyone is like, Jesus, this arm, it's just something we've never seen. And the guys he has to throw to, and like, last week, Kareem Hunt finally got in the mix. He had two first quarter touchdowns. They, they just have so many guys. They've already had nine players catch a touchdown pass from Mahomes this year um, through three games. So I I love the Chiefs in this one. Uh, the bandwagon is just about full. If you, Paulie, if you want to get on, I, I think I could sneak you on because I'm driving. But I think it, I mean, I'm I think not, after, that's, I think that's after, one bandwagon Mahomes, I'll never get on. But I, think I, I am Mahomes, impressed with Patrick Mahomes. I think after Mahomes throws four TDs in Denver this week, I don't think I'm going to be able to get you on. I think it's <laughs> going to be a capacity. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I'm looking out for you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I do also like the Chiefs of the game. So that is it. Um, let's see. We have Cleveland and Oakland different. <laughs> We have Miami, New England different. We have Atlanta, Cincinnati different. And we have Minnesota, L.A. different in what is a blatant attempt at uh, possibly winning both ways for me, seeing the Vikings lose outright but cover. <laughs> Polly, do we any, – anything that we didn't cover that you want to cover? 
I mean, I think we covered just about everything. Hopefully our picks are a little better this week than they were last. Last week was a tough week, though. I mean, last week was just a tough week. If you had a winning record picking last week, God bless you. Um, well, I, I will say in in our weekly staff pick for Hardwood and Hollywood that I, I'm posting on Twitter each week and Facebook, um, all five of us were under 500 last week. That, that was just a killer week. Yeah, it, it was a tough week. Um, it was tough, but will what will help you pick enjoy pick and enjoy football games a lot more is chicken wings from Octavia's original. So either on a Thursday night or Sunday afternoon, make sure you stop out there and order some chicken wings. You will not be disappointed. I second that, and I'm very jealous that I, I can't do that all the way down here in Estero, Florida. Um, Paulie, you enjoy those wings. Have a oh, call for me. I will. And we will we will be back next week. To be decided if it's going to be on Tuesday or Wednesday, we'll, we'll have to see about that. But we will be back for another episode of the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast. Paulie, I'll talk to you later. Have a good night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.